What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 17 of The Baseline. I'm here, Eddie Montanez, back with Zach Trevonchik. We're going to start off this week's episode talking about Pablo Lopez and ex- and getting extended by the Twins. And I love this move by the Twins. I honestly do think it's an overpay, $75.3 million for four years. He's getting about $18.6 million a year. I definitely think it's an overpay, but for for how he's doing and for the start of this year, I definitely think that he, now that he got his money, he's definitely going to try to help this team as much as he could, especially since they traded their best hitter last year for him. They obviously saw something in this guy that they liked. I saw that he added a sweeper to his uh, uh, his arsenal too, and he said that his sweeper is one of his best pitches and he can, and he plans to continue to use it as much as he could throughout the year. Uh, I said how in the last episode I think the Marlins won this trade, but I I think the Twins, you could say the Twins won this trade too. This is probably one of the most even trades in MLB that I've seen. The Marlins got Luis Arias, who is the league-leading uh, average hitter. He's hitting a, a, a four fifty five, which is absolutely ridiculous for three weeks in, into the season. He's absolutely killing it. But how I said this trade worked out very well for both teams. I think both teams could have a chance to make the playoffs not only this year, but in the next couple of years if they play their cards right because Pablo Lopez could be the ace that the Twins needed. They have Sony Gray who's killing it right now, Tyler Malley. They also have a pretty good bullpen too with Yohan Duran, Jorge Lopez, Emilio Pagan. Like This is a good team, and it looks like they're doing moves that could really uh, help this team in the long run. Yeah, I mean – Pablo Lopez was never a bad arm, when he, especially he was with the Marlins. I mean, I forget what his what was his ERA last year. I mean, he's would say he's one of the most dominant pitchers in the league, but he's consistent. I mean, you'll get some innings out of him. You'll get a lot of strikeouts. I think he had 170 some strikeouts last year. So I mean, not not a terrible move by the Twins. I mean, Twins are like like you said, they're off to a great start this year, and. You know, they put up nine on the Yankees the other day, last week. I mean, they're they're really playing well, but, I mean, they start having a good, or a good start to the season. And like you said about the Marlins, I mean, they have a couple pieces coming in. I mean, everything's been working out, like you said, with Arias. I mean, those are two teams I think you got to watch in the next few years. I mean, if they keep getting some pieces together, I think they can make a, a run. Uh, I definitely think that the Twins – during this offseason, too, I definitely don't think that they plan on keeping Lopez as their ace. I think they'll plan on keeping him as his number two. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Twins try and go get Aaron Nola or another big free agent next year for as as an ace because, in my opinion, I don't see Pablo Lopez as an ace. But if no. he's killing it this if he's killing it this year, to be honest, so I mean he could be an ace if this year really pans out for me because he's honestly doing really well right now. And how I said, like he added a sweeper to his arsenal. And it's looking really good, and he's pitching very well right now. Yes, I mean, if he keeps figuring things out and, you know, getting better, I, I yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him being an ace at some point. Whether that's this year, depends on who they get next year. I mean, maybe maybe he'll have to be the ace next year for them. I'll just have to see. And the Twins, too, like how I said, they're doing things to help their team, like like to uh, – and for the long run, like they just signed Correa for five sets – for seven years, I believe. Uh, and they have Buxton, like too. That. They have Eduardo Julian, who came back. Eduardo Julian, who got called up, and he had his first career hit and his first career home run against the Yankees. And I think this kid could be really good. I saw him play in the World Baseball Classic for Canada, and he was 
a really good leadoff hitter for them. He had a very good World Baseball Classic. So I'm excited to see what not only Pablo Lopez could bring to the Twins, but in the next couple of years, what Eduardo Julian could do. And obviously, we know what Carlos Correa could do. We know what we heard about what happened. He failed two physicals. He was he got signed by the Giants, didn't happen. Got signed by the Mets, didn't happen. So the Twins gave him the opportunity to see if uh, his leg could be all right and contribute to the team, like I've been saying. And I think the Twins have a really good chance to make the playoffs. And Pablo Lopez is going to be a big name in Minnesota. But now we're going to move on to Cody Bellinger. And Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger last night just had his uh, first career five-hit game, and Max Muncy's been ripping. I bet I was muted there, but um, yeah, Cody Bellinger. He's I'm glad to see he's coming around again. I, he's batting like a 300 or something already on the season, three home runs. But I mean, Cody Bellinger, we, we've seen what he was capable of his first few years with the Dodgers. I mean, he was able to crush home runs, he was able to get on base insanely well. I mean, he hit that slump, and it really I think took his confidence away. Now with the change of scenery, he's starting to come back around a little bit. Which I'm I'm glad to see. I always like Cody Bellinger, but and Max Muncy too. He was kind of in a slump last year, didn't perform all that well, but he's already big seven home runs in a year. Just an absolute crusher ball, not like wall scraper home runs, like crushing the ball. So I mean it's I'm glad to see two of them guys, two two Dodgers or former Dodger and Dodger doing well. I mean, like I said, they're we see we've seen what both of them are capable of years past. Kind of hit slumps, but it seems that they're coming back around a little bit. Yeah, Cody Bellinger has been playing really good. I see that he's batting 298. Obviously, how I said, he had his first career five-hit game. Max Muncy just hit an absolute nuke against the mess last night. Still took an L, though. But, uh, yeah, Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy, they've been surprising me, to be honest. Cody Bellinger, how we said in the beginning since we've been doing these podcasts, this is a, this is a prove-it year. He got paid money. He got paid about $20 million for one year. He's got to prove it. He's got to prove that he's able to compete, able to still contribute to a team. And obviously, as of right now, he's proven it. I don't think he's going to do this all year. He's obviously going to cool down. But as of right now, he has proven that he could still be a top-notch player for a team. Yeah, and like we said you know, a few months ago with Cody Bellinger, when we found out he signed with the Cubs, this is – they took a gamble on him. It was either going to be – Hey, here's a contract, one year, so much money. If it doesn't work out, then they paid him his money, and then he can go somewhere else. But if he starts performing well, like he did his first few years of Dodgers, then I think they might have gotten a score for that for that price. Then. Oh, same. I definitely see how we said how this is a prove it year. I definitely think he's going to cool down at some point, but during close to the end of the year. Throughout the year, he's definitely going to have those series, those hot streaks. We know what Cody Bellinger can do. He he has those streaky. He has like a streaky week, and then he's he's done. Like he has those times where he's streaky and not. So he's gonna be. I feel like he's gonna do this all year. 
He's going to be cool. He's going to be hot. He's going to be cool. He's going to be hot. It's the same thing every year with him. But if uh, he could at least bat like a 280 maybe, have like 70 RBIs, just something to contribute to this team because I do think this team is going to be really good if they uh, – Work at, if they just get the team chemistry down, they're not doing terrible right now. They're in a series with the Athletics. I see them sweeping them easily. But mm-hmm. Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson have the chance and the capability to be one of the best young middle infields in the league, if not the best. But, yeah, this this Cubs team could be really good. Patrick Wisdom's ripping the cover off the ball. like this, And Stroman's pitching phenomenal. He's so, pitching great. This Cubs team could be really good as long as Bellinger could keep doing what he's doing. And if how I said Nico Horner and Dasby Swanson and the team Kem could just come together, I think the Cubs could be a playoff team. Yeah, like I, I've been saying how many times now. I think that like I was excited to see how the Cubs are going to play out with all their new additions and whatnot. And I mean, so far, I'm not disappointed by what they're doing. Like you said, Patrick Wisdom's crushing the ball. Cody Bellinger's coming back, coming back around. Marcus Stroman's playing great. Nico Horner, Dansby, everybody's playing pretty well. Which, like I said, I, I I can't be disappointed with what I'm seeing out of them. I mean, it's it's what I was what I was waiting to see. And I see that Max Muncie is destroying the Giants. Like he owns the Giants, like bad. Mm-hmm. Like he has, he, I, he has saw that, I saw that he hates he hates playing there. But he said that it's cold, it's windy. He just hates playing there. But he but he hits good there for some reason. So if he hits good there, my, my yeah. favorite Max Muncy quote with the Giants, he hit one in the in the McCovey Cove, and they were bitching about it. And he said, "Go get it out, go get it out of the effing water or something." <laughs> that's what that's one of my favorite quotes from Max Muncy ever. Yeah, they're they're both doing really good to start off the year. But someone that ain't doing too hot is that's really surprising me is Sandy Alcantara, obviously. One of the best pitchers in the MLB last year, if not the best. One and out now, Cy Young. He threw a complete game, a, a complete game shutout against the Twins this year, but his other three starts have been not good. All, uh, I don't see this happening all year. Alcantara, in my eyes, is still one of the most dominant pitchers in the league. It's just a rough, just a rough start for the year. A lot of pitchers are going to have rough starts. Like he ain't going to do this all year. I think by the end of the year he'll have his ERA down like a two point five. He ain't going to do this all year. I mean, it, and it sucks to see someone that good that you know can come in and be lights out just perform not great. I mean, everybody had high expectations coming into the year for him. Obviously, won the Cy Young last year, but like you said, I just it's a it's a rough start. You having a hard start. I mean, you gotta come around, and see what happens. I mean, can't can't beat yourself too can't beat yourself up too much over it. I mean. You seen what you can see what he can do. I I mean I can't like you said I can't see this happening all year. I mean, you just got to come back around, let let the bad innings happen already, and just pitch lights out the rest of the year. Then, yeah, because in in my opinion, Alcantara is the top three to five pitcher in the whole league, and he's not going to keep this up all year, obviously. He had the complete game shutout against the Twins. We saw what he could do there. He was his most, he was his dominant self. The Mets hit him pretty good. The Phillies obviously hit him good. It's just a couple rough starts for him. Every pitcher's gonna have rough starts. It's not a big deal. He's gonna he's gonna get into it. It's not that big of a deal over for right now. But 
speak not of Alcantara, but there's five guys who have dominated bad. So we got Sony Gray from the Twins, Luis Castillo, Garrett Cole, Marcus Stroman, and Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani's pitching like a .63 with like a 400, like a 300 average, which is disgusting. Garrett Cole, I know I've said a lot of things about him using sticky stuff, blah, 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 but I got to give the guy credit. He's a beast. Like, he's doing amazing. I think Garrett Cole could win the AL Cy Young, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do think <laughs> this guy could win an AL Cy Young. He's disgusting. He just threw a complete game shutout against the Twins, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, against the Twins. Two, two two complete game shutouts against the Twins this year. Imagine that. But Garrett Cole, like, p- pitching very well. Very well for the Yankees. Luis Castillo from the Mariners, pitching brilliantly. Like, obviously, they're not going to keep this up all year because last week we just had three guys from the Rays on this list, and now they're gone. Drew Rasmussen yeah. had a zero. He's done. Jeffrey Springs had a zero. He, he, now he's hurt. Now he's hurt, but he did get hit around before he got hurt. Yeah. And, uh, no, the other there was another Ray. That was just them two. But Drew Rasmussen and the Rays are doing not good. Well, there's obviously still the best record in MLB because they played app complete idiots the first nine games. <laughs> but uh, the Rays – We've said this last week, play a good team, and look what's happening. Blue Jays yeah. from them. Cincinnati Reds aren't a bad team, to be honest, in my opinion, and they no. just lost to the they just lost to the Reds. So um this the AL East is really good. Like not only the Rays, but the Yankees. You got the Red Sox, you got the, the Blue Jays, you got the Orioles. That whole division is playing very well right now. I think the only team not over 500 is the Red Sox and they're only eight, they're eight and nine, which is not a bad record to start off the season with. Cause they're obviously going to keep, we're going to bring that up. I think they'll, I think they'll end up a 500 team. That AL East is going to be insane. Like it's going to be crazy to see. I, obviously the Rays have a good start. They have a good head start because they played bottom tier teams, but I do think the Yankees, the Blue Jays and the, or even the Orioles could catch up to them. Yeah, I mean, the AL East is so competitive, especially this year. It's going to be a lot of fun all year watching them. But you were saying about the ERA leaders. Sony Gray, like like you said before we started recording, like he's not a bad pitcher by any means. I'm just surprised how well he's pitching to start the year. He's .53 ERA. That's insane. I mean, Luis Castillo, I wish the Yankees would have got him when he was a free agent, but – it is what it is. I mean, everybody knows how how good he really is. I mean, he's one of, one of the better middle starters in the league. You know, two, three, four guy. And Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, Garrett Cole. I I can't believe how well he's doing. He Thirty two strikeouts already this year. And I mean, Marcus Stroman, like we said before with the Cubs, he's pitching extremely, extremely well. I mean, as a one ERA, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people pitching extremely well to start the season. A lot of people that I'm surprised to see. But, I mean, see how the rest of the year goes. Yeah, I definitely think that – I got to say, dude, that Garrett Cole, like, even though I'm a Garrett Cole hater, like, the guy's been shoving. Like, he has three starts. He had three or four starts, I think three. 
but those three starts have been absolutely immaculate. Sure. He should he should have a zero ERA. I think the only run he gave up was that sacrifice fly that uh, the relief pitcher gave up to Nick Castellanos, or Nick Castellanos was on base, but the run the run counted to Garrett Cole because uh, Castellanos got on base while he was pitching. So yeah, I it's... think Cole should be at a zero to be honest, but yeah, still nuts. Zero point nine five, nothing to be. Nothing to be ashamed about. That's mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. still impressive. Yeah, that's ridiculous through four games. But now we're gonna talk about our two favorite teams. We're gonna do a weekly update about them. So first, we're gonna start off with the Yankees. So I'll let you start off. Oh, the Yankees, man. I mean, while I mean, last week with the Twins, they gave up nine in the first inning. I was it's probably the maddest I've been in a while. But I mean, the rest of the rest of the series, they came around, kind of. Like I said before, the Twins do have a solid team. I mean, they played the Yankees hard. They played them tough, and I got to give them credit for that. But, I mean, Johnny Brito that night, I was talking so well about him. Was it Wednesday? That Wednesday? How well he was pitching. He had extremely good ERA, came in and got shelled. I think he has like a seven ERA or something now. Like I said before, he's young. He's still trying to find his footing in the major leagues. I still give him credit for how well he started his first two starts. but. I mean, it's it's. I can't complain about the lineups either. I mean, everybody's hitting well. I mean, Volpe's coming back around again. I mean, Judge is still crushing the ball, striking out a lot, but crushing the ball. I mean, who else we got? Uh, I think I talk about tonight. I mean, they have Volpe batting leadoff. I know a lot of people were waiting to see that. I I don't know. I think it should be fun watching them the rest of the rest of the series. They have the Angels coming up. Think they should make pretty easy work of them, but that's really about all I got on them. I saw Stanton's gonna miss two months, so that's obviously a big blow. That's a very big bat in their lineup. I saw yeah, he's also, he's been crushing the ball too. Yeah, I saw Rodano. So uh, Boone, I just I actually saw before we started that Aaron Boone said that Carlos Rodon's bark is not is a little worse. Like it's getting worse. So they're gonna probably give him push him back a little bit more. But I I keep saying like if it's if you gotta keep moving him back, it's the smart thing to do. It's the beginning yeah, of the not, year. If you're not a hundred percent, don't don't rush nothing, don't force nothing. You're saying the same thing with Verlander. Like don't if Rodon ain't hundred percent, I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be the most dominant number two in the league. Uh but yeah, how I said how I keep saying if the guy's not hundred percent, you don't wanna use him now while he's eighty. 75 80% because the chances of him getting hurt are way more likely than him being 100% healthy. So, yeah, I mean, plus you have you have him, they have him still on the, the IL. I mean, you have Staten on the IL now. You still have Bader on the IL. I think he should be coming back fairly soon. I don't know the timeline on it, but I mean, getting Bader back is going to help a lot because he's insanely fast. You've seen what he did in the playoffs last year, he's a great bat. Like comes up in big moments. I mean, so I mean, losing Staten, it's gonna gonna suck because he's such a power hitter. He's been crushing the ball, but I mean, to bring Bader in, kind of use him, maybe DH a little bit. I, I think I think that should help. I mean, make up some some ground, maybe not all of it. Yeah, I definitely think that once you guys get Bader back and Rodon, you guys are gonna be one of the best teams on paper. You guys have pro- arguably the best, not arguably because I think. It is, and I think a bunch of people do. The best rotation in baseball when you guys are healthy. Yeah. You have Severino as a three, Cortez as a four, 
uh, Montez as a five, and then you have Rodon and Cole at the top. And when you get Bader back, your outfield is arguably going to be a top three to five outfield because I think that once you have uh, – I think Oswaldo is probably going to take more time than Hicks because I, yeah. I don't I don't like Hicks or I, I, IKF. But in my opinion, I think when Bader comes back and since Stanton's going to be gone for two months, it's going to be Cabrera, Bader – Cabrera, Cabrera, Bader, and Judge, who, how I said, I think, three episodes ago, could be the best outfield in the league. And I mean, if you also, have, you also have Francis Cordero playing extremely well, too, batting really well. I mean, they might be using him more than they originally planned on, too. Yeah, I was going to say you could put him at – you. they could probably use him at DH, but since Donaldson's hurt, I saw they pulled up Peraza. Mm-hmm. And I, I obviously think that once Donaldson's back – uh, Peraz will get an option back down to AAA. I don't see Volpe getting moved at all the whole year. He's stamped that shortstop. Yeah. So, there was so much hype around him. He's such, he contributes to the team even when he's not hitting good. He gets on base. He steals bases. He contributes to the team even though he's not hitting the best, which I like Volpe for that. And I'm not a Yankees fan at all, but I like Volpe for how he could contribute to a team even though he ain't hitting the best. So with the Yankees, I how I said – Stanton's out for two months. Rodon's going to be pushed back a little bit more probably. This team has been playing very well for their setbacks that they've been getting. And how you said Judge has been ripping. Judge is arguably the best hitter in baseball. Like, Judge is a beast. Like, this Yankees team is going to go very far in the playoffs. How I keep saying I hope it's the Mets-Yankees. I really do hope it is because I do think this Yankees team is going to be the team in the American League to be in the World Series. Once once we get everybody back and healthy – I think it should be smooth sailing. Once I eh, let's say smooth sailing. I mean, should have a lot better chance at winning a lot more games. But I mean, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna always have Staten on the IL. It's you, you know it's gonna happen every year. But I mean, it's it's tough to start up the season without some of your better players. I mean, you didn't get to see Rodon pitch yet for the Yankees. I mean, Bader came out came out the end of last year, tore it up in the playoffs. I mean, it, those are key players that are going to make a difference when they come back. Moving on from the Yankees, we're going to talk about the Mets, and I know I ran it a bit last week, but now it's probably going to be just a little calm talk since we're doing very good. Uh, we just pulled up Brett Beatty, which I'm very happy about. Easy out, Escobar's done. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, I feel like we should try and trans- – uh, not transform them into, but at least get them used to the outfield. I think Ronnie, Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Vientos should try reps in the outfield because in my opinion, I think, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say Mark Hanna will be traded by the trade deadline because if we, we need a bit, we need a big bat for the playoffs. Obviously Beatty was a big name. I've been trying, I've been hoping for this guy, to be our third baseman since opening day. And I thought he was going to be the opening day third baseman because he had a phenomenal spring. But uh, easy out, Escobar's done. Thank God. Brett Bade will be the everyday third baseman. Tomas Nito should never touch a baseball bat again, how I've been saying. Once Narvaez is back, I hope that uh, the two catchers getting everyday splits are going to be Narvaez and Alvarez. I hope Nito doesn't touch a bat, doesn't put on catcher's gear ever for the Mets again. But uh, 
We have just – I saw that Justin Verlander is trying to come back by next, the end of next week, which I hope he does. But how I how I just said about Rodon, if he's not 100%, do not pitch him because we have been pitching all right to start the year. Even though uh, Scherzer's been kind of getting around, he had, a, he had a bounce back start last game. Tyler McGill is pitching beautifully. Peterson is not doing the best, but for the games that Peterson's been pitching, we've been hitting very well for him. I hate Carlos Carrasco. He's ass. But we just called up Jose but, uh, Budo to pitch in Max Scherzer's uh, place against the Athletics because Max Scherzer was feeling some soreness. But I think that was smart enough anyway, in my opinion. Even if Scherzer was 100% healthy, I think you start Budo because if you if Scherzer started against the Athletics, we don't have him against the Dodgers. And I'm sure everyone would rather Max Scherzer pitch against the Dodgers than the dumbass Athletics. Yeah. So I also think that – Alvarez is having very good at bats, but he's also very aggressive. He's he's only 21 years old. The plate discipline's obviously not going to be there. Brett Beatty, I have to say one thing. In his debut last night, he had amazing at bats. Amazing at bats. He had like three, seven, eight pitch at bats. He made he he was an 0-2 count. He made Dustin May throw three more fast. And Dustin May last night was also very fastball dependent. So I'm sure that they were all just watching the fastball a lot. But he had three very good at-bats against Dustin May. I believe that he made Dustin May throw eight pitches in each at-bat. There was an at-bat where he was down 0-2, made him work, got back up to 1-2, and then hit a line drive single for an RBI that gave us the lead. So I, how I said, I'm I'm so happy that Brett Beatty is a part of this team now. I, I hope that they could uh, make Ronnie Mauricio or Vientos into an outfielder because – I like Mark Hanna, do not get me wrong. The guy either has a very good game or a, a very good game, a decent game, or a horrible game, like so bad. But, like, in my opinion, the piece the piece that the Mets need to have a very good chance of making the World Series is you need to bring up Ronnie Mauricio or, or Mark Vientos because they are ripping right now in AAA, and they're not going to – they're ripping right now in AAA, and – we need them for the playoffs because our bottom of the order is n- not good. It's not good. You have you had a, you had easy out Escobar. He's done. Thank God. You got Brett Beatty, who's who could actually hit a baseball and have a good at bat and put the ball in play. Tomas Nito is probably the worst catcher I've ever seen swing a baseball bat. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting how bad he is at hitting a ball. So hopefully Francisco Alvarez could. Uh, uh, work on his plate discipline. Stop being so aggressive, and hopefully he's bet and he uh progresses throughout the year. Ronnie Mauricio had a great spring. He had like six, seven home runs in the spring. His arm's amazing. That's why I feel like he should be put in the outfield because his arm is ridiculous. He he's normally a shortstop, second baseman, but obviously you're not going to move Francisco Lindor, who's one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. And Jeff McNeil, who's at second base, who could also move to the outfield. But Jeff McNeil is also a very good defender who I'd rather him at second base. But yeah. even if you have to move McNeil to left and put Ronnie at second, I would still like that because, in my opinion, you need Ronnie or Mark Viento in the playoff lineup. And I got to say sorry to Francisco Lindor. I know last week I said he got to move down in the lineup and Jeff McNeil's got to move up. No, keep Lindor at three. Keep him at three. He's been killing the baseball. 17 RBIs. 
You got Pete Alonso right after him, leading the league, well, tied with the league, league at eight home runs. Like, this team has been ripping the cover off the ball. We were not hitting good the first five, six games, but now we got it all together. I said that we, we played the Athletics, and I know how I keep saying the Rays played them. They're horrible. And I said that if the Mets or the Yankees played them, they would have got swept. Well, they would have swept them too, and the Mets did. And that series was such a good confidence booster for us. We were ripping the cover off those idiots. Like, that was just a series to get our confidence up, in my opinion. Like, that's the reason I felt like they put Jose Buto in anyway, besides Max Scherzer, because they felt like that game honestly didn't matter. We It didn't matter if we won or lost that game because we needed Max Scherzer for the Dodgers. But Buto came out there, pitched his heart out. Nimmo with two amazing plays in the outfield. Brandon Nimmo's playing out of his mind. He, in my opinion, as of right now, he is one of the best center fielders in the league and arguably the best leadoff hit in the league. His eye is insane. He's getting two hits almost every game now. Last night he went three for five, had an amazing play at the wall. Like, this team wants it, and I'm loving it. This team wants it, and I'm loving it. David Robertson and Adam Ottavino are destroying teams when they come out. Drew Smith is doing amazing. Our bullpen is doing absolutely amazing without Edwin Diaz, and I'm loving it. It's the start of the year, but every game this year is going to count because NL East, even though we have the Nationals and the Marlins and the Phillies who aren't doing well, I think that the Marlins and Phillies are going to start bringing it because once Harper comes back, I think that the Phillies are going to be real dominant. Yeah, I mean, like you, you were talking about Francisco Lindor last week. He had 18 strikeouts or something. Like He's been – performing batting really well since you gave him that that pep talk yeah yeah Pete Alonso's crushing the ball too crushing three for five last night crushing baseballs crushing and I, I've been saying this to Ryan I'm loving how he's not uh chasing anymore he's not just looking fastball the whole time He's waiting for his pitch he's actually sitting back on off speed and he's crushing the ball and I'm loving it Pete Alonso is crushing the baseball right now, and it's amazing. He wants to get paid. It was his arbitration year. He hasn't got paid yet. He wants that extension. He's a Met for life after this year. He's a Met for life, and I'm loving it. But that's all for today, just a quick 30-minute episode. Thank you guys for watching. We'll be back next week.